I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, guys? This is a bonus episode of Behind the Gorilla. I think we've only... We're, we're going to review NXT TakeOver, which happened last night, and then we're going to preview SummerSlam, which is happening in just an hour, a couple hours. And um, we've only done this once, and it was for WrestleMania. Yeah, due to our, um, not really unfortunate, but just the recording schedule we happen to have, we end up recording all of these things on Sunday afternoons, and yeah. that's great for everything except pay-per-views predicting pay-per-views yeah because <laughs> everything we do we know it's coming up we know what's on the card but we don't know what happened right so i think partially just because we knew nxt was going to be good mark texted me yesterday before the show was even on and was like hey we need to do a recap of this and i was like you know what that's absolutely true because nxt is just always always killing it and this show is no exception yeah. i didn't get to catch it all last night because i was out of town but Watched it first thing this morning, and man. Yeah, well, like, because what I was originally going to do is I was like, it'd be fun just to do it right after, and I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out how we'd be able to do that, because there's really almost no way to, like, live stream from two different locations, so I was like, well, maybe you could, like, Skype in on my computer, and then I could Periscope with my phone and just have, like, the computer there. And I was like, I don't know. I was just trying to figure out some way to do it. And then it was just like, eh, no, no. Let's just, we'll just do it tomorrow. Well, because then yeah. you, you, because then you, you know, weren't able to watch it all yesterday anyway. So we're doing it uh, right now, and hopefully we'll be able to finish this, and I'll be able to post it before, <laughs> uh, before SummerSlam starts. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be. It's it is. Um, <laughs> it's Survivor Series. It's November, but yeah. I've been doing the same thing all week. Is calling it SummerSlam in my head, and I think you still haven't noticed, but you've done that twice. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been call, sure. I've been calling it that all week. Yeah, and I, just, I, I I don't just, know. I'm just going with it at this point. It's just wild that it's that late in the year already. It makes me. I wish it was SummerSlam because it's it's been below twenty degrees for the past week here, and it snowed five inches on uh, Thursday, and so it's all still here. And winter has come, and I've never experienced winter before, so it's uh, not fun. (laughs) Yeah, man, I feel you because it was it was about fifty five degrees yesterday at the Georgia game. Man, that sounds nice. (laughs) It was. (laughs) <laughs> it was super nice. Anyway, so let's let's go ahead and get into this. So TakeOver again, again delivers. And at this point, there's no way they're not going to, to deliver. I, I have, I have, uh, there, I don't think there will ever be a bad TakeOver, ever, at this point. It's gonna, I, I think it's, it's impossible. It's going to be a sad day if it ever happens. Um, I think as as long as they continue the format that they've been doing, I don't think there will ever be a bad one. Um, I the only thing is I, if they change it and start to do, like, one every month. If they start to go WWE style, like, as far yeah. as the amount, that will ruin it. But as long as they keep this, it's there's no way it can't be good because everything matters. Yes. And that's what – I think you shared this on Twitter. Somebody said NXT is so great because it's basically – it's an old-school wrestling promotion. 
it is. run by the biggest wrestling company in the world and a company that constantly tries to distance themselves from pro wrestling in favor of being sports entertainment. But they have this little corner set aside where it's just territorial wrestling with pay-per-views once every three to four months. And it's awesome. Yep. Yeah, it, so what, it's incredible. Yeah, so um, I'm glad I just watched this, actually, because my thoughts are still pretty fresh on it. Right. I was disappointed because this is a... It's, it's interesting watching a show, and this isn't my ideal way to do it, but I saw everything that happened, like all the results on Twitter. So okay. this morning when I sat down, I was really excited because I haven't seen a Matt Riddle match in a long time. And, you know, he just got signed. He's the big new thing. And I was like, all right, this is going to be like his takeover debut, and he puts on a good match against the veteran and Cassius Ono, and it's going to be really solid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize <laughs> that it was just going to be this impromptu knockout. Like, it was a cool moment. And I get they want to save some for later and all that. But I was expecting, like, a, a real proper match. So I didn't hate it, but I was a little disappointed. I was I was hoping to see a little bit more of what he can do, because I've seen him once or twice. But it's been a while, because I don't watch a lot of indie wrestling to begin with. And the last thing that he was in that I watched was probably almost a year ago. So I, I know like what he can do and what he's bringing to the table, but I was excited to see it again. And I guess I have to keep waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess some stuff like that might go against your, your favor because, right, but, I mean, but, but, but like for me, cause you know, when you're watching it, he's not supposed to be on the show. Right. So right. then all of a sudden he comes out first and you're like, Oh, well, well that's, that's interesting. And yeah. and of course, you know, all the announcers are like, this isn't on the, the agenda the and card, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then he yeah, comes out cool. and he's just like, eh, screw this. I want to face Ono now or, you know, get out here. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shoot, it's going to be great. And then comes out and just wham. And you're like, well, it's a little disappointing. But in the moment, you're just like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get that. It's just one of those things like where the surprise was you – know, Real right, when you right. watch it live, watching it the next day, knowing what happens, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, it, it's good. never but as good. You know what? I I can't stop thinking whenever I see that guy is it is a miracle that he that that I don't hate him. <laughs> like he could be the most, you know, because you just yeah. look at him and you're like, man, everything about this guy should annoy me, and it doesn't. Like he's just so. I don't want to say cool because that's not even it. Like he should be very annoying, and he could be if he wanted to. Yeah. But right now, when he presents himself as a face, you're like, yeah, okay. Okay, I'll get into this guy. Because he, whenever he turns heel, he he can just be the most obnoxious, like, hateable tool. True. But yeah, the fact yeah. that he clearly, like, loves wrestling and is just happy to be here, so everyone's happy to love him back. It's, you know? it's, it's just, the Bailey effect. How do you mean? Like, he has that type of quality to him. Because he's this yeah, just happy, cool. he's this happy-go-lucky super excited guy and it's yeah. genuine and so that yeah. connects it's that type that's of thing true. it's a different character but but it, that yeah. is why i think people th- that's why he's likable yeah i think you're right i never really thought about it that way but you're right i think people can just tell that he has this like love of wrestling that he's having fun you know not right. just in nxt like even when he was on the indie shows because it's like you know, this really, like, surfer bro stereotype with the long hair and the abs and he wrestles with no shoes on. Like, he could be so obnoxious yep. if he wanted to be. 
and he doesn't, and I love that. That's that's going to be a lot of fun to see what he does going forward. But. And you know what? Okay, you know what's one thing? I, I actually, I meant to talk about this, and then I forgot about it, and then I just remembered. Okay, you you talked about, you know, how it's kind of tough to keep up with indie wrestling and everything, and I was thinking mm-hmm. about this. Yes, indie wrestling is almost impossible, at least for me, to keep up with for two reasons. One, because there's just a lot of it, and I just don't have the time to keep up with everything. Two, it's ridiculously expensive to keep up with indie wrestling. <laughs> like, because WWE you... is on free TV. You pay mm-hmm. 10 bucks a month, you get all the pay-per-views, you have all that stuff. And then even, like, even New Japan or something like that really isn't that difficult to, to either find or, or have New Japan World or whatever. And then even Ring of Honor is on free TV. You know, and Impact is too. But indie, indie wrestling, you either go there or everything is pay-per-view. And so yeah. it's just like, I don't have $15 to spend on each indie like event that goes on, or $20 or whatever it is. Like, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, and it's a little bit easier just because they don't have, a lot of them don't have pay-per-views every month. Right. Well, yeah, of course. But even But still, there's always yeah, something like, going on. Yeah, yeah. No, but, um, but speaking of indie wrestling, we got to talk about go. what happened. Here we go. On Friday night. Holy hell. <laughs> How Dude, I'm I was terrified, man. I mean, I thought we were going to lose him. I I thought I he was a goner. This. I was so terrified. Oh man. Our our patron saint David Arquette was almost killed in the ring. He was almost uh one of wrestling's uh, casualties. Oh man, can you imagine? This is this is one of my favorite things in wrestling right now, like along with Becky Lynch, which we'll get into later. But it's David Arquette earning his indie cred twenty years after the fact, <laughs> just to prove that he actually does like wrestling. Right, right. And he's willing to go out there and almost die for us just to prove oh. it. It's, you're right. I do fear for the guy, and I didn't watch all of this live. I've seen a lot of it after the fact, and right, I've read right. about it more. Like I haven't watched the whole match start to finish. Yeah, I didn't I watch it live either. It. No, I didn't watch it live either. Okay, well, it you was were... it was after. It was like right after, and trying to. But you were covering everything. it a lot, and that's this is one of those things that, like, again, getting back to following indie wrestling, I didn't know this was happening <laughs> until I saw you tweet about it. Like, if somebody had told me, "Hey, David Arquette's going to be doing a death match against this guy." I might have thought about ponying up some money for it. Well, well, what happened it's was hard to it was like where all of it is. It was like super last minute because it was supposed to be Joey Ryan, right? But then he right, got hurt, right and that. so he was a last minute replacement, like a week, you know, like less than a week or something replacement. And you know, and I only and I had seen it because I follow him on everything, and he posts a lot more stuff on Instagram than he does on uh, Twitter, Twitter a lot of yeah. times. And so I, I'd seen that he was doing something, but I didn't really pay much attention because, again, indie wrestling, I just can't afford to keep up with everything. But, um, and, and I didn't know it was, a, I don't think anybody really knew that this was like a death match. I don't even know if he knew. <laughs> At I least, mean, surely he did, like, I mean, beforehand. I know, but the way that the everything has gone, I don't even know if he knew. And I definitely don't think he knew it was going to be like that. Like, I do not think he expected that at all. And, I mean, the fact that he was able to even get through that thing. I mean, because it's one thing to expect, oh, okay, it's this kind of ultra-violent match. 
It's another thing to not really be a wrestler. And David Arquette's been wrestling for like what six months, five months yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. To be that young in the business and then being thrown into this, there's no way you can know what you're getting into. No, well, I feel like that's that's almost the only way you do it. Yeah, I you yeah, know? and I agree. But then <laughs> if you're just the, like, well, what the heck? How bad could it possibly hurt? Like, and then in the course of the again. match, it's not just that it was a death match, and he's getting sliced up with. A pizza cutter, and, oh, no. and he's getting, you know, obviously the obligatory fluorescent lights smashed over him, and, you know, all that stuff. He then gets his throat slit by one of the lights. Like, he straight up almost died. Like, he yeah. got his jugular cut. And it's just like, yeah. what? What? <laughs> Like, you don't have to do this. Like, man. he was done. Like, I don't know how much you've watched, but you you watch him near the end of the match. Uh, Nick Nick Gage is, he, he's he's like hitting him with the with a light, and then he's, you know, sli- you know quote-unquote slicing it into him. And then David Arquette tries to reverse or something. Somehow there was either a mess-up or a miscommunication with something. And as David Arquette is trying to, like, reverse something... He's doing it right as Gage is, like, slicing him with the light, and it just cuts right into his neck. Like, you see it happen. Mm, mm. And then he tries to kind of do, you know, go through stuff, and there's a pin attempt and kick out, and then he's just, wa- he's done. He's, like, done. He's walking out of the ring holding his neck together right. to keep the blood in it, and right. he's just going to leave. And then you can see it, the professionalism in him go, like, we have to finish the match and him go back in and then almost just like snaps on, on, on Gage and starts bashing him with a chair <laughs> and then Gage just takes him down and pins him and then it's done. Then he just leaves, just no sell. He pulls an Austin Aries and just no sells it and leaves. Well, and, right. And I read about that. And my first thought, like the tone, cause whenever that happens and I was thinking of the Austin Aries moment, like, the tone is usually like, oh, I can't believe he did that. That's so unprofessional. And it wasn't so much in this article well, I was reading. But I mean, I think, that, was, I think that might have been part of it because David Arquette was pissed. Like, And well, I would be too if that had happened. But Well, then my first thought was, I don't know if this is him intentionally being like, oh, I'm going to make this guy look like an idiot. And oh, no, 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 no. I don't it think was, it was hey, that. Hey, my neck is bleeding out. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Because I need to go get help. Right. <laughs> that was honestly like how I pictured it. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I'd worry about selling if there was half a chance that my jugular had been sliced yeah. open and, you know, I'm bleeding out everywhere. I'm like, look, that's great. And I took the pen. I did my job. I'm leaving. Yeah, no, one, I'm no 100%. medical help immediately. Yeah, so, uh, oh, man. so yeah, that happened. And, and now I'm telling you, man, David Arquette, say whatever you will. This was the biggest, this was the best thing he could have possibly done and the best situation that this possibly oh, could yeah. have happened for him. I mean, oh, he yeah. has now gained so much, not just publicity, but respect now from the wrestling yeah. community for this that I'm telling you, all I know is up to uh, like last week, he was sitting at around, I don't know, thirty like 35,000 followers on Twitter and he's like up near like forty five thousand now, in like in like a week. So that's amazing. Uh, it's got him, you know, publicity, 
you know, and whatever, and respect. And so uh, props to him for sure, but please, please, so are you sure? for the are love you sure of everything, because... don't do that again, Mr. Arquette. So here's the thing, though. Those 10,000 followers, are you positive that that's due to the death match and not to our intense coverage of him? Because, I mean, I know. No, I'm not positive. <laughs> I can't say whether it is or isn't. But Who's to say? Look, we'll take credit for half. We'll, we're sure. 5, okay, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but but yeah, and then this is the other best thing. He was at NXT the next I night. Know I saw that. <laughs> He's trying, man. He wants to be in the Hall of Fame. So oh bad. man, that was the best part. Is he was in he is at like, NXT? He is one. He is one like WWE guest appearance away from being in the Hall of Fame, and he wants it so bad. Yeah, he, he should be. At this point, there's wor- there's way worse people in the Hall of Fame. Especially I mean, WWE is like half their existence is about continuing to paint WCW as this failed company. What better way yeah. than put David Arquette in the Hall of Fame? Jeez, they already try everything else they can to paint that picture. Yeah, I mean, but I like I do get it though. I think just because the biggest thing he's done in mainstream wrestling is considered a terrible, dumb, stupid thing, and it happened in the other company, right? That's, I mean, that's that's the biggest reason. But I think they just need like any excuse to put him in, and they will, and it's going to be great. Uh, and we're going to be losing our minds. Oh, obviously. we're going to be, be there. So Are you kidding me? That, that's going to be a podcast trip. We're going to have to go to. We're going to have to go to that WrestleMania. Maybe what? it'll be in Atlanta. That would be nice. Uh, we got Maybe a we got then. a new stadium, so they they uh they need to go there. Yeah, it's due eventually. Anyway, sure. and it can't be any worse than the last one I went to there. That's for right. sure. Well, never say no. Unless they bring The Rock back. I'll kill somebody. <laughs> good gosh, I swear. Back in Atlanta, really and good. again, for the first time in five years, The Rock coming back. I'd be, No, 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 no. Anyway. There's, a, there's a world in which that could work, but we don't have to get into all that. Now. Anyway, anyway, but had, it back had to, to mention that. Thank you for, yeah. for entertaining us. Uh, Mr. David Arquette, but but please don't do it again and stick to normal wrestling. But um, anyway, so Riddle, that was the first thing with NXT. Uh, I guess moving on to uh, NXT Women's Championship. Two out of three falls, Shayna Baszler and Kari Sane. Another great match from those two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this feud kind of suffers from being overshadowed by all of the other great stuff that's been happening in NXT. Yeah. But it's so... Every time they fight, I get excited because their dynamic is just so great. Because I love Kyrie Sane, but she's the perfect foil for someone like Shayna Baszler, who yep. is just a killer. Yep. Like, they, they make each other look better. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah. Every time she pulls out, and, you know, like when I was watching them at the TakeOver before SummerSlam in Brooklyn, and she starts working those submission holds, and, you know, in the in the double-jointed places where it really looks like <laughs> she's about to rip her arm off. Right. It, it's amazing. And you do. You think, like, sitting there as a grown man watching this live, you're like, she's actually going to break her arm. She's going to do it. Like, that's just, that's how good they both are at that, like, David and Goliath game. And it's so fun to watch them go at each other. My only complaint about this is, I feel like you might agree, it's annoying whenever you have a two out of three falls match, that's the length of a normal match. Yeah. And the falls just come super quickly. Same thing with, like, an Iron Man match. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of strategy to it that can work really well. Like, 
for this one, like I'm watching it this morning, and she gets put in the submission hold almost immediately. And, you know, it, there was a lot of interference from Shayna Baszler's two horsewomen friends, and she gets locked in, she, you know, she gets herself locked in and taps almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because she knows I have to get two more now, but, you know, I had to get at least two, and if I stay in this thing, I'm just going to pass out, and, like, then it's over. So better to, you know, cut my losses now and try to get two falls back right. later. Like, I, I like when there's a little bit of strategy like that, and the announcers did a good job. You know, they were, they were playing it up. They were pointing that out. But it's still, you just, you just notice when you've seen these two wrestle for 20, 30 minutes before, and then they're getting falls every 10 minutes. You, you do, it feels weird in your brain. It's like that, uh, you know, like it's, it's like Chekhov's gun in a play. You, if there's a stipulation there, you know it has to be used, and you know they're not going to give these two an hour to wrestle a two out of three falls match. Yeah. So it takes you out of it a little bit, but they did great work again. And the finish, dude, this is low-key like one of my most unexpected finishes that I've ever seen. When she hit that elbow, mm-hmm. I was freaking out and i was so psyched because they did that great spot which twitter spoiled for me but i totally forgot where the baby face locker room comes down to make the save yep my favorite part and of like, the whole match oh it was great yeah, you, now, you know, look, you hear- now look and 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 one thing i did want to say one of the things that i think this match suffered from was the interference because it just it makes the match way less personal when you have other people right. in there and it, it takes away from it a little bit but i love the babyface save because it is something WWE, I swear, either has forgotten or has just doesn't want to do, and it makes no logical sense when you have the heels out here beating up someone and nobody does anything. It makes no sense, and and so to have that happen at all, it was just so refreshing. It was like finally someone's yeah. like coming down to be like no, and I don't mean like you know when it's a stable or a tag team or whatever that doesn't count. But when it's okay. just someone else from the locker room, and I know, and there's history between uh, all of them. I mean, I get it, but it was just so nice to see because you just don't even expect it at this point because it's just so not done anymore, which is a shame. Yeah, and I certainly it, it's fun because it it's a real shot in the arm to like the storytelling because it creates these alliances or whatever. Right. Whereas, like you're right, I'm used to seeing it. It'll be a run in of like tag team partners or like you know shield mates even if they aren't formed as the shield at the time you're like okay this makes sense right it's pretty rare that it's just good guys helping good guys because they're both good guys you know they don't do that a lot yep unless there's some like really formal team going on but yeah no so i i got really excited for that i thought oh this is perfect and she's gonna get the win you know when her friends came down to even the odds and she hits her finisher and it's awesome and Shayna immediately like flips her onto her shoulders and rolls her up, or what? I, I don't I don't know how to describe that move because mm-hmm. it wasn't quite a roll up. It was just like she just turned her in midair, yeah, and pinned her real quick and just stole the match. And right. It was, I, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a finish quite like that before. Like I, I've seen, seen those... some reversals, right? Obviously, but this was like a reversal that was just so quick that it looked like a fluke. It looked like a roll-up, and you could tell like that was just a desperation move mm-hmm. that paid off in one of the match. That was really... I, I didn't see that coming at all, and I loved it. Yeah, I liked it, too. Um, I've seen this type of stuff done before where you get hit with a high-flying move and you just kind of roll it into a pin. 
It, it's mm-hmm. it's a fairly it's not like super common, but it definitely is a finish that's happened. But but the yeah. way it was done in this match was was really was really good. I agree. And like all the momentum of the moment was with Kyrie saying, so you're like, yep. oh, of course, this is how she's gonna win. Like completely surprising. Yeah, I agree. Very good match. And so, I don't I don't hate the interference. I think it did a good job of, you know, setting up like, okay, we have these MMA horsewomen now. And right. what are the, you know, they're going to be a new thing now. Right. I mean, that and was the that was room the probably doesn't like that. Like all that stuff, you know. At, yeah, that was the goal of point, it. Yeah. And at some point I as a fan, whenever I feel like two people have put on the best work that they can at least for the moment and then they have a rematch and something screwy happens, I'm okay with that because I feel like that's kind of them acknowledging that they've peaked and they want to kind of go in a different direction. Yeah. At least for now. So I, I didn't hate it. I agree. I think they can put on like a better match if it's a purely like one-on-one storytelling driven match, but they've done that so many times. I was okay with seeing something different. Right. Anyway, so um, moving on to what what is probably the best match of the night. I mean... Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano was just amazing. It was just fantastic. And I'm I'm glad you said that because I thought we'd disagree on this, but this was my favorite match of the night. It was just... Yeah, it, it's hard to... It's just... I don't see how it can't be. Just the amount of... Just the amount of build-up, the amount of emotion, and then just the yeah. performance of these two was just... It, it, was, it was... You can't really get much better than what they were able to do. I mean, this was as good as those Champa matches. Like, I agree. Like the like the Champa feud maybe was a little bit better as far as just personal wise because you had the DIY and everything, but mm-hmm. this match was structured so well and told such a good story from start to finish. It was it was perfect. I, I think you nailed it. I mean, the different, the biggest thing that I kept thinking of watching the rest of the show, which was good. Like, we'll talk about these other two right. matches, but there were a lot of really great moments and some fun booking and, like, use of the gimmick and stuff like that. But this one was so character-driven, yep. and that's what makes it so good. And that's what, like, you talk about the Champa feud. This is still part of that. Like, everything that's happened has been around Johnny Gargano and his story. Like, he is the... Well, you know, not the biggest thing right now, but right. consistently for like the last two years, the consistently best thing. Everything he's done wrestling. has been just like amazing. And it's all been, it, it all works. It's not just like, oh, that was a good match and this is a good match. Like no, he's, his character, it's he's all evolving. different too. Like yeah. th- it's changing, stuff's flowing. There's a story overall being told. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the fact that he is out there and the whole build to this feud, like I remember we got to see his match at Brooklyn where it was, you know, he, he had Champa beat and he couldn't stop punishing him. (laughs) And that ultimately cost him the match. He just couldn't, he couldn't like be the good guy, right? Like he kept trying to hurt him more and more and more and more. And that's what cost him the match. And after that happened and you could see this look on his face where he realizes, you know, that he's failed and he still can't get the job done. And my friend, who who watches wrestling, but like not as frequently, and that was the first time he'd seen that that match and that story between the two of them. He was like, I mean, he's got to turn heel, right? That's the only thing that's left for him to do in order to take down Champa, and that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And this has been such a cool run in the months leading up to this match of him 
convinced that he's the good guy, even as he's just gotten more and more <laughs> twisted. Yep, yep. That's the best part of the whole story. That's the best part of the character. Is it's it's this? Yeah, it's the guy. It's the bad guy who still thinks he's a good guy. And that exactly. is every best villain in history. That is the way they are. Uh, yeah. uh, um, okay, I mean, you have some villains like, say, the Joker or something, but for the most part, every best villain always thinks they're in the right or that what they're doing is ultimately going to be for a better cause or, or a good reason or something. All the best villains are that. I mean, even this past year, the biggest villain right now is Thanos, and that's exactly the way he is too. I mean, it's right. th- that's the way Darth Vader was in the beginning, and that's the way all of the best villains end up or at least start out. Right. And, and, well, and you mentioned, you mentioned Champa, like he, he has a rationale for everything he does, but just from a wrestling point of view, he is also openly antagonizing right. the crowd in a way that Johnny Gargano isn't because he wants right. people to like him because he's still in his mind. He's still Johnny wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he understands that like he's getting a little bit darker and doing some things that we might think is bad. But in his mind, he's like, no, at the end of the day, they're going to cheer me again because I'm doing this the right way. Yep. And it's just it's fascinating to watch. And it's been so fun, too, to see Aleister Black just snap because <laughs> he's been kind of like cool and collected this whole time. Mm-hmm. And there was this and I hadn't been watching a lot of NXT leading up to the takeover because, like you said, it's just it's hard right. to keep up it with is. everything. I just don't have time. But the moment where he's sitting cross-legged in the <laughs> ring and she run and you know she she knows she's running around and she's like I know I know I know who it is I know who it is and she comes crawling up to him and whispers in his ear that it was Johnny Gargano and this light just turns on you're talking about Nikki Cross and you're like yeah yeah and you're just like oh no he's going to kill somebody <laughs> like that game of cat and mouse they've been playing yeah so satisfying. Oh, it was. It was. And it's just, and like, there's just so many amazing moments in this match. I feel like the best matches aren't just the best matches. They're the matches that are the most emotional, are the most well put together, that tell a story, and also have like beats of amazing character moments. And this match had so many of them. I mean, from the start when you had Aleister Black sitting, just, you know, Gargano about to strike him. And Black just sit, then gets up and just sits down and just says, come on, do it. Yes. Oh, that was amazing. And then reverses it. And then Gargano does the same thing later in the match. It does the same thing, baiting him in and then reversing Black later. And, and he, yeah, like for all his classic, you know, like he still wants to be Johnny wrestling in his mind. But there's a moment halfway through where he just does the most classic heel thing in the world. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please don't hit me again. Just look. Just yep, knock me yep, out and yep. be done with it. I'm sorry. And he's faking and he dodges that kick and tries to hit his own. And mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, man. And then, man, you talk about one of the best finishes I've seen in I, – I, I honestly don't know when the last – like the the best finish I've seen b- before man. this one in like years. Like I couldn't name yeah. the last one. I mean, I mean, it's almost like literally – it's going to sound like a bit of an exaggeration because we just saw this, but it's up there with the line, I absolve you of all your sins, <laughs> is like the new, I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah. Like, that's how cool of a moment it was. It was awesome. And how perfect it fit everything that had happened. 
Oh, it, it was it was just so it was so well done and it was, it was earned perfect. too like it was oh. and then and it's just just, here's, just black with his I mean that black mass for as many kicks that are done and it's so done every character does so many kicks super kicks are now just normal moves and all that stuff but his the way he does it is so much better than anybody else in the business right now because it like he you see it hit them in the face and like you're like they're dead Every time he hits it, you're like, yeah. "That's they're gone," and yeah. it just looks so good. And then to kick him, hold him up, <laughs> so he does, so he stays up, and then then and then hit him with the with with I I absolve you of your sins, and then hitting him again with it was just oh, it was awesome. It was so good. And here's my the best thing about this is like obviously in wrestling, the story's always going to keep going on, and the. Like, the WWE way to do this, you know, like 11 pay-per-views out of 12 that aren't WrestleMania, basically, is to say, well, we'll have him cheat to win, or we'll have somebody come in and run interference, or some reason that they have to fight again. And, like, right now, there's no immediate reason for the two of them to fight again, but it's so perfect, because you can take the story in a still new direction now, which is, you know, like... Johnny Gargano has been getting darker and darker. Yep. Trying to have his way. And at first it was about taking down Ciampa. And then not only did he not do that, he actually gave him the championship. You know, that was his fault. So then it became, okay, well, I'll get even darker and I'll do whatever I can to get that title shot. Yep. To take it back from him. And that means I have to be Aleister Black. He can't even do that. So not only, I mean, surely the next logical step is Aleister Black faces Ciampa for the title but now Johnny Gargano is left with like he he still hasn't been able to get the job done and he's just gonna get darker and darker you know what I mean like it's just I cannot wait to see what happens next and I keep thinking oh they've run out of ways to keep this evolution of this character happening and they haven't yet (laughs) in every chapter you're like of course like this is what always has to happen it's just, it's been incredible to watch. Like, it's the best kind of wrestling. Yep. And I can't, again, I can't wait to see what his next TakeOver match is because he just keeps evolving. And it's also, it's not like a cheap heel turn. It makes perfect sense. It's happening, like, a little bit at a time. And it's just amazing. Like, it's the best long-term storyline in wrestling right now. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to argue with that. And it's just so, it's just so good. Anyway, and we'll see, we'll see how long, how much longer Black remains in NXT. Yeah, I feel like I just like in kayfabe. There's no reason he shouldn't be able to win back his title. But in you know wrestling logic, it's like well, he had a good reign. He's gonna go after the title one more time and then probably get called up. Yeah, that's just kind of what you're used to seeing. But it's crazy to me that this match is followed by, you know, Ciampa, probably the best heel in wrestling right mm-hmm. now, like pure heel. Oh, yeah. And Velveteen Dream, who is, he's just the future. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I, yeah. That, it, it, part of me wanted to say that was my favorite match of the night. But, okay, as, um, and I still think the best match, in my opinion, was was Black Gargano. But my favorite, like, the best time I had was watching uh, Ciampa and... Uh, dream that was by far the most fun match of the night 
and it was done so well, and it got me, like, okay, obviously, I'm, I love what Ciampa's been doing, and I'm a big fan of Velveteen Dream as well, but I'm not as big a fan of Velveteen Dream as everyone else is. I think uh-huh. I think he's amazing, and I really really like him, and I think I, I obviously think he has a huge future, and he's going to be a big superstar, and I love watching him, but it's not quite at the same level as everyone else seems to be, and in this match, I was like standing up, like head in my hands, when he kept like not winning, it, like it was driving me nuts by the end of the match, like I was one hundred percent invested in this match, like both of those guys completely pulled me in, and I was I was completely invested. And I was following every single emotional beat of this match. See, I think this is where me knowing who won and what happened kind of bit me a little bit. Because, right. when, you know, the near falls mean a lot less when you're watching it not live. Yeah. And that's what, like, the, this is the biggest thing that I hate that I missed live. Because you could tell, like, you could feel that. I know exactly what you mean, and the crowd was so into it. And people on Twitter were freaking out, you know, and, like, they're doing all this incredible stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm like, okay. Like, as soon as I saw Ciampa won, I was like, okay, so it's going to be, like, a great, really hard-fought match. Mm-hmm. And Dream is going to look like a million bucks and, you know, eventually lose. And that's exactly what happened. And you're right. So it was, it was great. But the fact that it was, I mean, it was essentially a one-off. You right, know, like, right. we've had a couple title defenses like that. Like, um, like when Andrade Cien Almas wrestled for the title was that did Alistair Black hold it at the time I think he did I believe so yeah I'm trying to and it like it was fun and you're like oh this is really cool and like an interesting matchup and we're gonna make this guy look really good but you 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 kind of know you know or like he held it for a little while I guess but I don't know I'm just saying like there are some title matches in NXT where you're just like okay this is just kind of for fun right and that's one of the great things about NXT. Like, not all of them have to be massive, like, universe-changing ramifications kind right. of things. But, like, from the beginning, I was like, okay, this is just going to, like, maybe he'll win. Maybe he'll start getting a big push. But to me, it just never felt like he was quite there yet. I know he's great, but just as new as he is, they're going to let him play off the veteran talent for a little while longer. Yeah. Not to take anything away from the match itself, but in my mind, like, the fact that there wasn't a ton of real character-driven story here like there was in the earlier match true it was just that that's the only reason that i think the other match was a little better because yeah yeah man he's his his gimmick is just amazing because it's never (laughs) one thing i know it's it's constantly evolving he is like he he's just so he's like deadpool he's just (laughs) the self-aware wrestling yeah yeah no you're right that's a good point he's always evolving into something else and like tipping his cap to someone or yep. something, and he's coming out there dressed like you know Hollywood Hulk Hogan <laughs> for his match in Los Angeles, and I mean, he's ca- awesome. he's he's using like all everyone else's moves throughout the match. Yeah, he's yeah. doing Hogan, he's doing Flair, he's doing Randy he Savage. Hit the, leg, hit the leg drop like three times. <laughs> he did the uh, he did the figure four on yep. the ring post like Bret Hart. Yep, yeah, he did. It. Oh, it was great. Um, the only the only issue I have with this match is it it uh it suffered from like the um how do you, how you say this nicely the the stupidity of indie wrestling with where where they do a billion moves and no sell all of them 
because <laughs> or they they do it like they don't sell them until they finish their sequence. And right, they right, sell right. All of them at once. But I kind of love that. That's yeah. like that like yeah. Rocky two kind of moment. I don't. Where I don't mind it. Sometimes knock themselves out. I mind it in an NXT Takeover Championship match, and it's just like especially with someone like Champa, who's yeah such a straightforward character, and then. You're really gonna have Velveteen Dream hit like nine leg leg drops, and then hit his like whatever Death Valley Driver finisher, and then hit him with his elbow finisher as well, and then he still just kicks out. And this is like the third time he's had finishers done on him throughout the match, and you're just yeah. like, okay, well I know why they're doing this because there's not a whole lot of story here, and so they're you know, and m- most people aren't. Really, nobody is really expecting Velveteen Dream to get the title right now. So that's why they're doing that. Right. And in a way, part of it worked. But at the same time, it's just like, eh, just, mm, it's just too much. It goes too far sometimes. And that was my only, my only fault with the match. I'm really glad you mentioned the leg drop because I saw that. And the first thing I thought, you know, he hit it like three times. Yep. And the first thing I thought was, well, of course it didn't pin him because he's not Hulk Hogan, and he doesn't hit the leg drop as well as Hulk Hogan does. So for him, it's just a move. Just like for Dolph Ziggler, it's just a super kick. Right. But when Shawn Michaels hits it, it's sweet chin music. Right, right, right. And I was really looking forward to bringing that up. You you (laughs) love that theory. I do. I mean, that's clearly what it is. It's just like like in UFC, like a lot of people have, you know, right and left hooks, but Conor McGregor's is way better than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. The War Games match, uh, I mean, obviously another fantastic performance. Um, You know, I mean, the amount of star power on the show, and and especially just in this match, is just mind-blowing. Like, it's not fair. That, that we get to watch this many amazing wrestlers in one match. It's not fair. It's really not. We're going to look back it, on this and can't believe yeah. we got to see stuff like this. A lot of NXT is going to be like that. Really, this, this age of wrestling in general. But my favorite part about this match, and it's funny, the other War Games match that comes to my mind, Mark, is not the previous NXT TakeOver War Games. <laughs> it's the one with... The Shockmaster in it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's the one where I'm always, like, like, that's the first thing I think of when they're explaining the rules. And, they're, you know, yeah. there is real, like, there's a fun, this is a fun gimmick if you do it right, because there's a real strategy in how you go about, you know, booking it and in kayfabe, you know, choosing who goes in first. And I will just, that, that's all I can think of is the Shockmaster storming into the ring. And the commentary is like, whoa, he didn't fall over this time. And like, <laughs> carries on with the match. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, no, I, thought, I this thought this, was... I thought it was a well done match. I don't quite see how so many people are saying that this is by far the best match of the night because it definitely was yeah, not. It's not. And it can't be because War Games is kind of a weird idea in the first place that really makes absolutely no sense to have as a match, like the rule, rules wise. Why would right. you have. Nine out of ten people wrestling f- when it doesn't matter. Like, I just, I don't really get that. I mean, it's this weird, like... Like, the match doesn't start. Itself, they, they, kept, they kept hammering in that this match hasn't started. And I'm like, well, yeah. why are all these people destroying themselves if the match well, isn't I, even going? Like, I don't get that I, that idea. I, I kind of like that. Sense. This, is a, 
this is the first match that I can recall, which we've obviously just established there aren't very many of those, but like <laughs> they were really hammering that home more than they do in the other matches. And yeah. I think I, I think they're trying to figure out what this stipulation is too. Like I like it, but there's also a reason it's been out of fashion for a while. Right. Which is that you do really have to work to make it make sense. But it's it's kind of like a proto hell in a cell. Kinda. Where like the gimmick and the build is all about the punishment. Right. You know, like winning the match is almost secondary to like just breaking your opponent down. And the first, you know, half of the match, honestly, when the match hasn't quote unquote officially started, is just you know, they call it war games because you're just going to war and trying to break the other person down. But there's such so an easy whenever way. the match finally starts, you can, you know, get a quick... It, it's kind of like this game of rock, paper, scissors to me where you have this back and forth of like, okay, who's going to start? Who's going to go in next? And we have to get a lot of damage done before their guy comes in because then he's going to be fresh. Yeah. And be able to, you know, like if we wear ourselves out, the two of us beating up this one guy then when the next guy comes in, oh, no, we're really going to be in trouble. You know, like, yeah, it, there's this kind of back-and-forth dynamic to it, and I, I think you're right. Like, I don't think it was the best match of the night because it's not really engineered to be right. as good of a storytelling wrestling match. It's more just about the carnage. Right, which, it's which is great, and it's that fine. It doesn't have to be like a TLC match, you know. It's a different way of doing that. Now, the only thing is, that I feel like there's an easy way to fix that. Why don't you just make it... I mean, I get how it's different because there's teams, but why don't you just make it elimination like the elimination chamber, where if someone gets pinned, then they're out. Then they're just out. I mean, yeah. and, and then and then with with so many bodies in there, that probably wouldn't even happen very often because you could constantly have people breaking it up. But at least have that in there to where there's something going on, like there's a yeah. danger of something. Like there is a threat at some right. point, right? Because I know what you mean. Because obviously the match can't start. Just from a booking perspective, when you're making this up, you can't have the match start before everyone's in the ring. Because like, right. what if the first guy gets pinned? That's right. a ripoff, you know. So I get the point of making them wait. But you're right because even just rewatching it this morning, there is kind of a tendency to say, "Okay, well, whatever happens in the next 20 minutes doesn't matter." Yeah, because we're still going to be waiting for all four people to get in, mm-hmm. and they do a decent job. I don't remember if they did anything last year. Like I said, last year. It was kind of the same thing. Like, it was yeah. fun, but I don't remember a lot of it. I forgot the Undisputed Era won that match until they were talking about it during this match. Mm-hmm. It was a fun little spot with Pete Dunne getting locked in. Like, they try to find ways to make it interesting, and I think that's the only reason NXT can pull this off as well as it does. Right. Because, like, the the, the Faces team, I mean, they didn't really have a team name. Like, they start with Ricochet. Uh-huh. And Commentary did a great job, too, because they're really hammering home they're they're going out of their way to explain what they think the strategy is. So they're like, oh, Ricochet, that's perfect. You want to start the man who has the best cardio, you know? So he's going to be really fresh at the end of the match. And, like, you have little moments like, you know, Pete Dunn is ready to go. He's just such a scrappy guy, even though he's probably the smallest one in the match. Right. He's just like a bulldog, and he's ready to go. And both of the members of War Machine, like, block him with their arm and are almost like, no, kid, I got this. And they go sprinting, <laughs> you know, one after another. Yeah, yeah. That was a really cool moment. And then he gets locked in the cage with the other padlock, and you had that great shout-out. You were like, we need RoboCop to come save him. <laughs> That's all I could think of the whole time. That's all you can think That's uh, all I could think about, too. It was so funny. I was just like, oh, oh, no. RoboCop, come on. Now it's a perfect. This is your time to shine. Uh, and, well, the, the funniest, it didn't, like, 
just the little character moments, like as he's getting. Who was it that locked him in? I don't remember. It was uh, it was it was Fish. It was Bobby Fish. Bobby, yeah, that's what I thought. So he locks the door, and the second he's within range, Pete Dunne just starts wrenching on his fingers from within the shark cage, <laughs> like that small joint manipulation. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that's exactly what he would do if he can't do anything else. Like yep. you walked right into that, and that was just great. I just love little nods like that. Also, yeah. shout out to the refs doing like pretty much the only competent thing they've ever done in wrestling and i legitimately thought when that happened i was like i think he might just not be in the match <laughs> i think that's what they're doing because yeah. the, the idea that a wwe referee could like successfully free him and even the odds <laughs> i was just like well there's just no way right right it's not gonna happen so like five minutes later a whole team of referees came running out of the back with bolt cutters and it was almost more unexpected than if RoboCop had actually showed up because I didn't expect that to ever happen in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And then, yeah. of course, like the match actually started, quote-unquote. And I mean, great. the, the I mean, highlight was, of this match was the War Raiders, for sure. Those guys yeah. put on a yeah, show. I mean, those guys are so good. I mean, these are enormous human beings that can do moves like – you know, light heavyweights. I mean, these guys are incredible. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about them other than when they first got signed, they were called War Machine, mm-hmm. which is a great name. I think it's better than War Raiders. It's but way I better. I had to drop it. It's way better. Anyway, yeah. I just, I, you know, I see the big guys and they're painted up, and I'm like, okay, I get it. They're kind, of, you know, they're like Vikings. That's what commentary kept calling them. They're like modern day Vikings. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they could fly around like that until I saw them. I mean, that was. Awesome. This was my introduction to them, basically, because I don't follow NXT a lot. Right. And, man, it was great. Like, you know, it's a spot fest of a match. Right. But they always deliver when they do it. Yeah, of course. But, man, I mean, and then obviously Undisputed Era, they're just, like, some of the best. That's the best faction in the business right now. And it's, they're they're just awesome. Like, they work so well together. The way they put together matches, the way they tell stories as a team in their matches, is nobody is doing it better than them. And it's really, uh, I do have an issue with the fact that they lost. Because it was like, alright, this random team of a bunch of people who don't like each other and have never wrestled together beat the team, the well-oiled machine of, you know, the Undisputed Era, who, you know, have all been together for a year or whatever. And I don't know, that kind of, that always kind of rubs me Kind of eh. Whenever that they is do that. kind of a uh, that is kind of a WWE decision. Oh it? Where yes. it's like just the collective team of baby faces beats the heel team, even though the heel team is an actual team and should theoretically work better. Yeah. As a team, you know, like you feel like if if they adhered strictly to kayfabe, then a tag team would always beat a team of two single stars, and a single star would always beat one member of a tag team. Like right. That's why these two guys are a tag team, and this guy works by himself, because yep. that's what they're best at. Yep. That isn't really the case ever. And I don't know, it wasn't like there was one... There, there were a lot of crazy spots, but it wasn't like there was one moment where everything turns, and you're like, oh, this is why they're going to lose, and there's going to be like infighting amongst the Undisputed Era or something like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really there. There was no. just a couple really big spots there were really no stories quick. in this match told yeah there was yeah. no story to, i mean the only kind of storytelling was i guess the pete dunn 
is the only one who kind of had a story arc in this match. You know, yeah. the, the, well, the not say- being allowed out and then being locked in like yeah. that. That was the only even kind of semblance of a story. I mean, that in like Ricochet versus his own common sense, probably. <laughs> yeah, of course. That like, was okay, that was like, amazing. You talk about, okay, Pete Dunne, the other great thing that he did, and the announcers, again, they did a really good job of like pointing it out. Like there was clearly, you know, Triple H or whoever's backstage is, is walking us through what's happening. And they did a really good job. But, like Pete Dunne is coming down to the ring and like the Undisputed Era knows that as soon as he gets inside the cage, the match starts. Yep. So they're trying to keep him out. Right. And Pete Dunne, for about a minute straight, is just wailing on him at the door of the cage. So like he hits one with a kendo stick, and that guy just drops dead, and then he hits the next one with a kendo stick, and then grabs a chair. Like He clears out the Undisputed Era before he gets into the ring, and then very intentionally goes back, grabs a few more weapons from under the ring, and throws them all into the ring. Yeah, well, how does that make in. sense? Just because he's trying to even the odds back, basically. Because, like, as soon as Undisputed Era locked him in the cage, they grabbed their Undisputed Era brand chairs from underneath the ring, which was <laughs> great. That was and great. And threw them all in and started, you know... Again, like I said, it reminds me of, like, a game of rock, paper, scissors, where you have to kind of outguess your opponent. Yeah. And in their mind, that was, all right, we have a good, you know however long it takes them to get him out with the advantage. So let's take advantage of it as long as we can. And then Pete Dunne comes back and tries to even the odds before he gets in and the match actually starts. Right. And again, yeah. like the like commentary pointed this out, and I genuinely wouldn't have thought about it. This is good storytelling on their part. Well, it's like, Mauro Inalo yeah. who's the best yeah. wrestling commentator right now. Oh, man, put a little bookmark in that because I'm coming right back to it. But they're <laughs> like, everyone thinks about the numbers advantage, but like Pete Dunne is coming in and he's fresh. Mm-hmm. And all four of these guys are super tired and super hurt. And, like, that's an advantage, too. It, if you have performers like you have in NXT, you can pull this match off. Yeah. But I, I, I think it is hard to do that. Okay, anyway, back tomorrow. Love him. The He's best. great. The and this best. Is a sign, this is a sign of how good he is because I, I almost wrote this down and I didn't have to because it's stuck in my head because it's – Pete Dunne charges into the ring – and he starts, I don't even remember who it is, but he starts doing it again, that small joint manipulation where right. he just looks like he's about to tear his finger off. <laughs> right, very Marty and Mauro Ranallo, Mauro Ranallo says, Don may be a vegan, but he certainly prefers finger foods, particularly <laughs> when it's his opponent's digits. <laughs> and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard another human being say. But he sells it. Right. Oh, well, right. that you're just like, brilliant, way to go. That's, yeah, I love that call. It's because it's like, it's he's one of those guys where he is going to say things, and sometimes it might be a little odd, but then other times it's brilliant. But but right. you, well, you, you like, never know in the moment, so you just have to say them when you think of them. Well, and like the, the dumb things he says, he says one or two like ridiculous things every show, <laughs> but it's great because it's genuine, because right. he's genuinely that excited, and you know it's not like a pre-scripted line. I mean, he probably has a notebook of like stuff to say, but it's not like Vince saying, this will be the call when he wins the match. You know, like you kind of get that sense at some bigger like WrestleMania right. matches and stuff like that. It's just genuine excitement. Yeah. So it's okay, even if it's dumb. Like there was one... I forget what he's some big bump happened, and he was like, "Holy bleep!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, because he's not going to swear, and you're just like, "That's right. the dumbest thing in the world," but like, you really mean it, right? So it's fine. Like, yeah, no, I, you're yeah. right. He 
I good just, stuff. I loved that moment so much. Yeah, it was it was laugh. awesome. He's the best. Yeah. But yeah, and then obviously Ricochet almost kills himself doing a double freaking moonsault off the top of the cage. And I thought he was I thought his neck was broken because it looked like he even kind of missed where he was like he missed almost everybody. And right. He went right <laughs> over the top of them. And I was like, geez, that was this close from being really bad. He has one of those about every night. That's, That's true, what, yeah. I, He's scary to watch, especially live. Oh, geez, that dude is Whether so you're watching insane. it live or live, like, in person. And there's a part of your brain that's like, we might watch this man die tonight. Like, we that might. Really might happen. It still probably, it still might happen at some point. I mean, that guy is insane, but... I know. Anyway, that guy he's was... Still, that, he's still ticking. But anyway, so, uh, that match went through, and obviously the faces win, and... That was the end of the show. But, yeah, another fantastic takeover show. So yeah. far, they haven't had a bad one yet. And so, no, always fun. So, uh, moving so, on to Survivor Series, unless you no, have something I, else you want to say. No, I was just going to say, I feel like we went super long with this. We so, did. we don't have to give. Well, I'll, like, I, a, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did. I was but, just going to say, we don't have to do, like, a, a full card prediction of Survivor Series because I'm not entirely sure what all's on it. Just. Just in the interest of like getting we can this just, out here, time. we can just I, I have I have them all pulled up. We can just quickly go through and just okay. give some uh, thoughts. Okay, so obviously the okay, kickoff. Well, let me hang on. Let me give you just this one segue because we don't get to do current events a lot, and I know True. you have some strong feelings about this, but I just want to say that with AJ Styles' loss of the title, Pete Dunne is officially and once again going to remain the longest reigning champion of the modern WWE. Right, right. held that thing for about five hundred yeah. days. He's defended Fantastic. it, what, I hope ever? he holds it forever. And has he ever defended it? Yeah, he's defended it a <laughs> few times, but not very many. No, not very many. But it doesn't matter, because he shows up and he's like, yeah, this guy. Yeah. He's great. Uh, no, anyway, I, I was I was very bad. disappointed with that. I thought that was a really stupid idea. Um, so, yeah, I, was, I, I feel like because of that whole situation, um, that's why they put the title on Brian, to just give some sort of buzz to the pay-per-view. Because other than that, I mean, nobody really cares about this pay-per-view in the first place because there's yeah, zero I mean, stakes it with it. So I get why they did that. I'm disappointed in it. I also feel like part of me wonders if AJ needs a break. Like part yeah. of me is thinking because he's been working, he's been going so hard for like a year and a half now, nonstop. Yeah. Um, so part of me is like, well, maybe he needs a break. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what all the factors are. It definitely doesn't feel like. It was something that is was planned at all or had any legs because mm-hmm. it was so wasted. So yeah. um, that that's my thoughts on that, and we'll see because we'll we'll see. We'll talk about more when we get later on. So let's go through okay. the card, the kickoff show, ten on ten Survivor Series elimination match in the kickoff <laughs> show, which is just so stupid. It's basically uh, like a bunch of tag wow. teams. Yeah, and I mean, this is like your. You're on the pay per view, so you can get an extra. Yeah, this is this is the pre show battle royal, pretty much. Um, I'd really don't care at all. I hope. I mean, they they're they're highlighting, you know, Rude and Gable as they're the captains of Team Raw, and then the Usos are captains of Team SmackDown. So I'm I'm hoping that they at least get a chance to do something because they're two of the by far most underutilized people in WWE right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really I don't even have. I don't know. I don't even have much of a prediction for this match. I don't even. I didn't even know that was happening until you told me. Um, <laughs> you know how I said those two Samoa Joe things at WrestleMania are like on my wrestling bucket yeah. list. The third thing on my wrestling bucket list is that Roman Reigns comes back and forms a heel stable with the Usos. Yeah, should have done it already, but I agree. 
that's really all I have to say about this match. Like, yeah. I just, I don't... We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> the Usos are good. You're right. I, I hope I hope they it. give Rude and Gable the win. That, that's all I really care about that match. Uh, um, okay. Great. So then Cruiserweight title match, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali, which is going to be amazing because Buddy Murphy has been incredible over the past several months. And what are the odds they actually let this match be on the main card? Oh, no, no chance. It's already on the kickoff show, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think it is officially on the kickoff show. I, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm not actually sure. I have no idea. Don't, don't listen to anything I say. But um, I, I would bet almost, if I was betting, I would bet that it isn't, unfortunately. But, um, I mean, because Buddy, Buddy Murphy was the best. Him and Cedric Alexander was the best match of that super show. And that was a really good match. It's the only match I watched all the way through. Um, so he's been great. And then Mustafa Ali is amazing. Just the stuff he can do just... It's it, it's like ricochet levels of insane. So yeah, they're both fantastic. So if they give them, I mean, give them at least ten minutes, and they're gonna put on a great great match. I think. Um, I I think Buddy Buddy is gonna keep it though. I think he'll keep the title. This doesn't seem like a title yeah. change scenario. I like him a lot as the cruiserweight champion, and he's kind of got that same vibe that Neville did. Yeah, which is that he's a cruiserweight, but he's also just real brutal. Stocky. And in the division of a lot of high-flying people, yeah, he has a real edge to him. Yep, totally agree. Uh, so then the women's five-on-five Survivor Series match, which I don't know if anybody cares at all about. Um, they they took all the most of the uninteresting women right now and put them mm-hmm. all together. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And then you have, I don't know. Which, okay, yeah. hang on. Just let me stump for a second. Bailey and Sasha aren't even in this nope. match. Nope. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're doing this with an eye towards like again, WWE has gotten smarter about their booking and they know those are kind of fan favorites and it's it's an intentional decision. Right. To like kind of kickstart that grassroots thing and give like Sasha something to grieve about and you know, kind of light a fire under them character wise. It's still really stupid. It's so I stupid. respect Alexa Bliss like as a talent and as a like a heel performer. I'm so tired of her, and the fact that she just picked a bunch of heel cronies to be in this match yeah. is legitimately really frustrating. And I know that's her job, yep. is to like tick you off, and she does it well. It's still really annoying, to the point where like I just I don't I don't really care who wins this match. Like yeah. I, you know, it's just like, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna run the riot squad out there and that's gonna be Which just, Ruby Riot is fantastic. She she needs she needs something to do on her own. She needs a better story. She's really really good. And it's not like they couldn't tell an interesting story with the Riot Squad if they wanted to. Yeah, they could. They don't want to. They don't. You're right. I mean, oh, the, the fact anyway. that Sasha Bailey and Ember Moon are not in this match really makes no sense. And now even Charlotte's not in the match because she's now doing the Ronda match. So there's an empty spot. Which everybody is kind of predicting that's going to be Mandy Rose because they've already kind of teased. Oh yeah, that. it's got to be. So we'll we'll be. see what happens there. But I mean, I don't know. I think SmackDown's going to win. I just, I just feel like this is where you let the faces win this match. That's just yeah. I, I I certainly hope so. So anyway, um, then we have the tag team. You know, the two tag team champions, the Authors of Pain versus the Bar, because they they put the titles on the. You know, authors of pain. I think either last week or two weeks ago, 
I don't watch Raw yeah, anymore. Yeah, because they so beat Seth. Know. They beat um, Seth single-handed, right, right, which right, is actually right, right. a pretty cool segment. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And offensive pain are great. And again, they're going to die because they're a tag team, and they're a good tag team, and they're in the WWE, so they're going to die. Yeah, so they're screwed. Um, you know, the bar, they'll they'll be pushed because they're two individuals in a tag team. But, you know, well, the Revival, so the long, AOP, the um, and then obviously the biggest one, Shoot, now I blanked on yeah, in the Ascension. Now you come up as a great NXT tag team, you die. Um, yeah, you're so they gave him the title. So hopefully, hopefully they will let him do something. But you know they're losing. Yeah. I mean, I hope is- they don't. I hope they don't. I really, really hope they give them a big win against established, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro as the established kind of stars. But I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, here's we we kind of get back to what I was. They also have Big Show. Ago. I forgot about that. The oh, bar I has see. Big Show with him. I'm already, I'm already, I, I already hate that. Then I like yeah. the bar a lot. I think they had yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. I like formation too. story where, like, the whole point was you guys are two individuals, but I think you can work well as a team. Like that was an interesting story. Yeah, but anyway, this is we're kind of getting into territory now where I don't know. They're not doing. This is for the Raw tag team titles, right? Is that what you said? No, no, no. They're both tag. No, no, no. The bars on SmackDown. Sheamus and Cesaro on SmackDown. Yeah, they're the SmackDown champions. That's what I thought. Well, this is what I was going to say a few weeks ago. I like Survivor Series because it's a nice change of pace from the like kind of stale three month pay per view cycles that we get in. Right. And I like these champion versus champion matches because it gives you a chance to do something like this. Yeah. Where it's literally just a one-off, so they kind of theoretically have to treat it more like a real wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, and so I... All that being said, oh, Big Show's going to do something stupid. That's Probably. my only prediction. Like, I feel like he's going to cost them... I feel like he's going to cheat and help the authors of Pain win and then turn on them in three days or something. I Probably. just don't... I don't... I don't know. Anyway. I was really into this until you reminded me that he was involved. Right. That's sad. It is. Anyway, so moving on, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental Champion versus the United States Champion, uh, the two meaningless titles in the company. After all Miz did to make that title mean something, Seth Rollins has just flushed it down the toilet. As far as well, it's not really his fault because he's no, been no, preoccupied with everything else. But you're but right. he's just not the person to give that title to. He's involved in too many other things that matter, and once you're involved in something else that matters, the title then doesn't yeah. matter. And, and that, if they would that's let the him. If they would let that be the Intercontinental title, then he could absolutely be the guy. Oh, yeah, again. it'd be but, great. And they did it a little bit at the beginning, but then yeah. once they got into this. And so, and then Nakamura's done nothing with the I United mean, States like, title either. Boy, uh, that he just has not been able to get to that, like, superstar level. And he hasn't been yeah. helped, that's for sure. But I don't know. Something's just not working. See, theoretically, this is the moment where whoever wins can really elevate their own title, right? Yeah. Except, and again, this is kind of going back to, like, champion versus champion matches. This could be really fun and, like, really interesting. Right. Just from a pure, oh, kayfabe, who's better than who's story. But the problem is that's not even the point, because you know and Ambrose is going to come in yep. and ruin it. So yep. it's just like, exactly. so who cares exactly. about this match exactly. also? Like, so far, have, every match is just like, it doesn't, none of them matter, because you know something like, ridiculous is going to happen. Yes. Exactly. Like, if this were an NXT match, if you know, like, it, like Sami Zayn versus Nakamura when Nakamura debuted, like, just on paper, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, both of whom are holding, like, secondary titles, should be an incredible match. Right. And we're all just like, eh, 
Yep. Because you're right, they're going to wrestle for like maybe 20 minutes, and then either Dean Ambrose is going to come out, or his music's going to hit, and yeah. Seth's going to be like, what? And then he's going to get hit in the nuts and lose. Yep. Like, I would love to be wrong and just let this match have a clean finish, but I think we both are pretty sure that's not going to happen. Yep. So Nakamura is going to win with interference from Ambrose. That's the uh, mm-hmm. my prediction. Um, have we made one prediction this I have entire been. time? I think the cruiserweight match, that was it, right? No, I have. <laughs> I, I have. Okay. SmackDown women, Buddy Murphy, cruiserweight. Um, that's right. Probably Sheamus and Cesaro because of Big Show. And then uh, Nakamura because of Ambrose. Yes. Um, and then the traditional five-on-five Survivor Series match, SmackDown vs. Raw. I mean, I think this, this just because of the amount of people involved, this should be fun. Um, yeah. But again, it's kind of odd because you have like all heels except for Finn Balor on the Raw side. And then a complete mix of faces and heels on the SmackDown side with Samoa mm-hmm. Joe and Miz and then Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio. But there's just there's too many good people in this match. I think I think this will be fun and I don't know I I have no idea what is going to happen in this match. This is the one match where literally something like anything could happen in this match. I I really yeah. don't I don't know what's going to happen. See, I I agree and I think this the stipulation for this match is a lot of fun. Sometimes there's more at stake than others. Like the first year they had the brand split black and Survivor Series was a traditional Raw versus SmackDown match was a lot of fun just because it was the first time it had happened in like a really long time and nobody knew what to expect. Right. I don't think this match is quite as big of a deal. I think it's kind of taken a backseat through a lot of like the title versus title feuds. Yeah. But I do think it's fun, you know, like the original reason they had this was to create more stories to play with until WrestleMania. So you'd have a team of faces versus a team of heels, or can they all get along? Somebody's going to betray someone else. Like, that dynamic is still there, especially when you have a mixed bag. And that's going to be fun to watch, because you're right. Like, I don't think we'll care about anything that happened in this match in two months, but it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, You know, I think that's kind of what this is. I expect, I have a feeling they might, they're going to give Drew McIntyre kind of a spotlight in this match, because he... I mean, he, yeah, he's getting he's getting to that point where he needs to be the main event person. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me that he gets a lot to do in this in this match. I think you're right. And because, the other thing I was going to say, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, because he's the only really person on his way up in this entire field of people. As good as Man, it is, how bad is that? It needs to. I mean, Finn Balor's the other one who needs to be, but he hasn't been. Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Braun Strowman's on the downside. Ziggler is always going to be just there. And then on the SmackDown <laughs> side, it's a shame, but it's true. You know, you have Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio, the old veterans who are here just kind of as a last run or whatever, you know, to put on mm-hmm. you know, a final, you know, some a good run and help, you know, the, the younger people. And then you have Shane McMahon who has no business being here. And Samoa Joe and Miz who don't really benefit from being in this match at all. And so I don't really see either of them really doing much. So the only one is Drew McIntyre, who I could see being the standout. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it with two things. One, Raw, Drew McIntyre is clearly on the upswing. Yep. They're gearing him up for a big push. And two, Shane. 
Shane has low key, like ever since he came back, been making stories about him. Of course, in wrestling places he shouldn't be wrestling. Always, and I think this is—they're about to turn him heel, and this is where like we finally really start to see some cracks. I hope so. And either that, or just, either that, or at the last second he's replaced with AJ Styles. That would make me happy too. That would actually be really cool, or anybody like he yeah. replaces <laughs> yeah. somebody on the team with AJ Styles. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. You're right, but we'll I was like the cracks start to appear in his character and he does something stupid and costs them the match. And it becomes, it's not just like, Oh yeah, Shane, the GM who gets too involved sometimes. It's like, no, you take this too personally and you cost us this match. Yeah. And that's, it's going to evolve into him turning heel. Just of all the people you just rattled off, like Samoa Joe, the Miz, Shane, I feel like they have, a lot more material to work with if yeah. they lose, if Shane costs them the match. Because you yeah. can see Miz, for some reason, beyond me, uh, maybe it'll work. They want Miz to be a face, it sounds like. That's kind of So weird. they're going to give him a reason to rail against the machine that is Shane McMahon. Samoa Joe's always great when he's just out to burn everything down. I think it makes a lot of sense if you have Shane do something stupid and cost them this match. Yeah. And give Drew McIntyre, even if he doesn't get the win, give him a chance to shine and do it. I think it's definitely Raw's. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I see Drew McIntyre pulling out the win, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a SmackDown, someone from SmackDown can pull out a win too. The only person I could see pull, like winning for SmackDown would be Miz, unless they just are going complete crown jewel again, and for some travesty reason, give it to McMahon, which would just okay. be a shame. Now that you've said that, though, <laughs> doesn't that seem like something they might do? Yes, Just double yes, down on how ridiculous it is that he keeps winning stuff. It and does. It, it will not. His head? It will not surprise me. I'm going to leave it at that. That won't surprise me, <laughs> oh, but it no. will really piss me off. So we'll we'll see we'll see how that works. Oh, I think um, they might do it now that you've said that. So now going on to the match, nobody cares about Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Which again, I like Charlotte. I I, I all these people are hating on Charlotte, and it's only because of Becky Lynch. I, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, there's some people who have been hating on her for longer than that, but the only reason the majority of wrestling fans are stupidly hating on her is because of Be- Becky Lynch, and that's really unfair. Um, because Charlotte is very good. She's yeah. she's not as good in the ring as you know someone like a Becky Lynch or a Bailey or Sasha Banks, but she's a better performer than most people in the business. And just her presence alone is fantastic. Her the way she handles herself is great, and I, I I'm kind of excited. I mean, no, everyone's disappointed obviously because it's not Becky, but I'm intrigued by this matchup because you have two of basically the same type of people in a match against each other. You have because they both play similar types of characters, and so you know they're all. I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued by this because they're both kind of the the beast, you know, vi- you know, brutal, right. imposing, like you know, their, figures. Their whole gimmick, their whole gimmick is that they're better than you, and not in a heel way, but their right. whole gimmick is like their physicality. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see how they play off of each other, and I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued by what's going to kind of how it's going to play out. Yeah, I am too, and I think this is where, I think you're right, a lot of people have soured on Charlotte, and to me, there's just, context is so important. Well, the other problem is she needs to not be a face, that's the other problem. Well, the reason I'm tired of seeing Charlotte is because 
the last time we saw her get a big push, it was for the title. And I was like, I've, and she held it. And I was like, I've seen this before, and right. I don't, I don't care. Like Becky Lynch is really good. There's a lot of other really good performers who I would like to see in the main event for a little while. And now I, I love this segment, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I love Charlotte as just like a gatekeeper because, like, like I said, her whole gimmick is I'm Charlotte Flair, and I'm a good wrestler. Yeah. I like that a lot, and for an exhibition-style show like Survivor Series where the appeal is literally like, hey, these guys haven't fought before. That's going to be pretty cool. Go kill each other. She's yeah. perfect for that. Like, even though it's not a champion versus champion match, it still feels like it. Like, yeah. because that's how good Charlotte is. It's like, even when John Cena doesn't have the championship, if you put him in a one-on-one match with somebody, you're like, oh, okay, this has some significance. You know what I mean? Don't you like, love Charlotte how kind of it was supposed to be Becky Lynch now and Charlotte later, and how it's mm-hmm. flip-flopped? <laughs> I think that's perfect. It I is think perfect. That's exactly it is what it should be because everyone was kind of getting tired of Charlotte because we know she's good. Right. So don't put her, like, don't make her the, the peak. Don't make her the mountaintop moment again. Yep. And now she's doing, like, it's all on fast forward, and I'm not saying her career is kind of winding down like Cena's clearly is. Right. But it's like his career in fast forward where it's like, okay, we're tired of him being on top. It's been, and if you yeah. put him in the title scene, it's going to be boring. We're not going to like it. But if you make him the gatekeeper, if you give him the U.S. title, if you put him in these situations where just by being in the ring with him, it's a big deal and it's a big moment, Yeah, then it really works. And that's exactly what this is. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think yeah, it's me too. Be cool it'll, to see. I, I don't see how Ronda doesn't get the win. Right. And I'll be curious to see how that happens and how Charlotte handles it. But now but, are, people, are people now going to be happy because Charlotte loses or are they going to be mad because Ronda wins? That's the problem right know. now. People are so stupid right now. People might already snap and be like, oh, Charlotte's getting buried to this part-timer. This is such crap. Yeah, I know. and It's a very real possibility. The amount of hate for Ronda Rousey really annoys me. It's like I get get part of it, and obviously she's not the best, and there's things she's not great at, and I, I get all that, and she's definitely, I think, being pushed a little bit fast, but... I don't know. I, I don't understand why the massive amount. Like it's too. It's too much. She's not nearly as cap. bad as all as a bunch of the internet fan community yeah. is yeah. acting like. Look, I love wrestling fans, but we are kind of dumb. True, we but are. We are. I, I think you're right. I think people are starting to sour on Ronda Rousey a little bit. But guess what? The fans hate Nia Jax right now. So all you have to do is. She, she has a title match. She's already won it in storyline. If you just let Ronda Rousey just murder her, <laughs> then everything will be fine again. Yeah, I'm yeah. serious. Like that's no, right, you're right. It's going to be a tough balancing act because I think what you have to do, I think it's a little early to do it tonight. I think you turn her heel at the Rumble and let her cheat to retain her title against some other really good contender. Yeah, and sure. that way you can have you know Becky coming after a heel Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I think that's the only way to do it. Because she's got to be getting big cheers anyway. You might as well lean into it. If yeah. they can just keep her... Really, I think Ronda's going to be fine either way. If they can keep her a good baby face for a minute and have this like shocking heel turn in a month or two, that'll be great. If they don't, then the fans are just going to kind of keep souring on her more and more, and it's going to go from indifference to like actual booing. 
Right. And then just have that be like the catalyst for her heel turn. I think they can do it either way. But I would rather they do it and like keep her hot for a while to where people actually like her because she's doing a great job. Like, yeah, she I can't agree. cut a promo against Becky Lynch, but right. God bless her, nobody can right, right. now. So it's not That's really true. her fault. But it'll be interesting. I think uh, obviously, I think Ronda's going to win. So um, we'll just see, and hopefully, they put on a good show. And then the main event: Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan. Uh, it, now, I I think this is less of a prediction. As far as like result, uh, my prediction is whether or not Daniel Bryan um, can walk after. Oh no, because <laughs> he's going to be paralyzed, right? I just I feel like they wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't be cleared <laughs> to wrestle, and they wouldn't have given him back to Brock if he's that fragile. There's just no yeah. way. I don't. Yeah, that, so. I, I don't think like, so either. But I th- I like the uh, I like the narrative. I I love this. Is the thing like I would. I've wanted to see this match for a really long time, and I kind of hate that they just gave him the title because we didn't really get a chance to build to it. Properly. Also, why would you turn him heel to give him the title and then the wrestle only... him against Brock, who's also right. clearly a heel? Right. Like that's the thing. Like Valiant Babyface Daniel Bryan trying to like chop down Brock Lesnar. So do you have and, like, a- do, do you have AJ Styles interfere and him kind of help Bryan lose? Like that's. I think- I- I don't. I, I don't know. That might be it. That's the only thing I can think of, honestly. Because like, other than like Daniel Bryan, like I, I don't know why you turn him heel at all. But if you're going to do it, and it sounded like he wanted to turn heel and like do something different for a while, so fine. But you're right. It really, it's a weird dynamic in this match now. But like, the only thing you could like, he's just he's going to be a desperate heel, right? Yeah. So he's going to be like doing whatever he can to get an advantage over Brock Lesnar. But how do you do this match when they've been trying so hard to build Lesnar back up to his boring self because they took him down and then, you know, he was he was done. They were done with that. But then because I mean, of the Roman thing, instead of WWE smartly I mean, actually building up their own talent, they just gave up and are just like, screw our, screw our championship and our people and just give it to Brock so we don't have to worry about anything anymore, which I, I still for the life of me, I don't understand. But um, so he's been destroying everybody. So how do you now have him have a match against Brian after he's been destroying people like Braun Strowman? I, I mean, maybe he just squishes him. I don't know. I mean, and he beat Braun Strowman like at Crown Jewel. He did. He he hit him with a lot of offense before Braun finally gave up. So but it still, wasn't like one at five and he was done. Braun had but. no offense. So how do you now have a match with Brian? I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe they'll just squash him and piss people off again which seems like a terrible idea it does there i, I don't, like I don't see they're, they're any have, positives coming out of this i don't i feel like this starts with daniel bryan doing something cheap before the fight even begins to give him a leg up yeah, and it ends with aj to. interfering i would love like there's a there's a point at which it makes sense to say well brock is clearly on the way out let's use him to elevate daniel bryan but as they're not going to do that champion they're not going to do that so I don't. The only you know what would be fun no, to see know. is if AJ comes out and helps Brian because he be wants fun. to be able to beat him or some type of yeah. weird roundabout yeah, yeah, way yeah. with that. I would enjoy that. That's but I don't see this having anything good in it really. But we'll see. I think I think, I think if they let him, if they let him, these two can put on a great match. We saw it with yeah. AJ and Brock last year. But I just don't understand how you do that narratively. When you've been having him destroy all these big people and then yeah. have him 
actually like have a competitive match with Brian. It just doesn't make nothing. It just doesn't make sense. So I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, I think there's a chance they don't let it main event. I mean, I think it oh, could maybe. be like five, ten minutes of Daniel Bryan like just cheating as much as he can. Maybe. And the announcers putting that part of him over, and then once Brock Lesnar finally gets a hold of him, he just hits him with an F5 and wins, you know? Like, I, I think that's more likely than, like, a 25-minute classic. And it, I think they yeah. just put the Survivor Series match on last because I think it'll be the most fun, you know? That That's a good point, and that, that very well might happen, so uh, we'll have to see. But, yeah, so that's uh, Survivor Series coming up a little bit later on today. And, yeah, uh, yeah so we will see... We'll see how that goes. So, Mark is uh, about to start frantically editing this together so you can listen to it today, and it won't be outdated. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. That's our bonus episode of Behind the Gorilla. Still, we will have our real episode come out uh, tomorrow morning, or it comes out Monday morning, every Monday. So we will have a real episode as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you guys tomorrow.